to part two of the Shiznos season 14 interview with Miles Luna. This episode was recorded at the end of season 14 of Red vs. Blue. I am Dimples, speaking to you from the depths of development hell. I sent a request to the show producers for an apology, but in reply I received only anguished screaming. So they are sorry, I think. Here, asking Miles Luna questions from our viewers are, in order of speaking, Zalia, Daft Prodigy, Blue, Nereal, and Rain Zero. Okay, so this is from Leslie Nope. Uh, are there... <laughs> Are there any tropes or themes that you would never write into Red vs. Blue? Uh, let's see. Any tropes or themes? Um, uh, it's it's hard because, like, I never want to say never, because you never know. Like, mm. I, I've, I've dabbled in writing romance, but feel like I'm not that great at it. So, like, I don't know. I now tend to avoid it more than I used to, but I also I need to write it so I get better at it. Um, but maybe yeah. just not in, you know, a flagship series. Um, <laughs> probably not the best just testing grounds get, for things. Get, like, a fanfic handle and just, like, post it on AO3 and nobody oh, will know what's you and you'll get lots idea. of feedback. That's a great <laughs> idea. As long as you have a monologue about sand. <laughs> Was it? Don't have a in general, I like to leave characters that I have killed dead. Okay. So, Good. like, that's something I typically try to stick to. I feel like yeah. this question is less like, what would you never do? And it's more like, we've had a season of different things Red versus Blue could be. What is not Red versus Blue? Like, what would not fit in well? Oh, man, what is not Red versus Blue? That's a really interesting question. Uh, man, I don't know. I mean, I know the things that do make red versus blue. I mean, obviously, I think the reds and blues are a very important part of red versus blue. I think... What? Um, I think, um... But it also, maybe not necessarily. I mean, Project Freelancer was incredibly... People like that. People like the, the mercenaries, and the reds and blues aren't in that. I don't know. I think... Hmm. That's a really tough question. <laughs> I don't know. Red versus blue has covered so much territory. I think it's, you know, it comes down to the kind of stories that we want to tell and stories that the fans would like. Like like I was saying, one thing that was interesting about the season was seeing that nobody likes the same thing. The people that love, you know, the Funhouse episode hated the Death Battle episode, or people that hated the Mercs episode might have loved the Blood Gulch Origins episode. So it's hard to, when you're making red versus blue, if you're taking the show in a, in a different direction, you have to ask, like, is this a direction people would be okay? with like i remember when the merc stuff came out people were saying oh i'd totally be down for a whole season of this to which my response would be i'd be down for a season of this as a separate show but mm -hmm. uh i wouldn't be comfortable making you know season 15 of red versus blue all about the mercs because that would leave a lot of people disappointed if they started red versus blue for the reds and blues um so it's hard it's very hard but i do think Red versus blue, like themes throughout the years, it, teams, it tends to involve like teamwork, communication or miscommunication, and not always taking things at face value. Seem to be themes that have been pretty true throughout the entirety of this series. Um, like, you know, it's it's the reds and blues realizing there is no red versus blue. It's Project Freelancer realizing we're the bad guys. It's the, the Coruscant's realizing this war's been perpetuated by someone outside of our civilization. It's always never taking things for granted and question everything. I feel like is one of like 
the biggest themes of Red versus Blue. Or like the Reds and Blues realizing that the charismatic mercenary with the heart of gold is a little too romantic. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I love that bastard. It's, it's good, it's good. It's well, good. since we've determined which things are <laughs> off limits, let's see. Now, what do the Reds and Blues think about the 2016 election? Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. They didn't study ancient history, so they wouldn't know. <laughs> The, uh, Good answer. 2016, the 2016 election. Did you mean the Dark Ages? <laughs> oh man, Cold War II was crazy. <laughs> Black Plague. <laughs> uh, who, who would have thought that Brexit would have been the answer to everything? Oh, <laughs> no, it's not. History got weird. Never saw that coming out of Canada either. Brexit. Uh. Fortunately, the Kim Jong family was there to save everyone. (laughs) (laughs) And then Elon Musk took us all to Mars. No, 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 no. He took us to Mars, too. Remember? Right. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, the the, the, the sequel, because we were remixing everything back then. Yeah, it was the sequel. So this question comes in from Han Nantet of the Millennium Tit, who asks... <laughs> That's the bird. <laughs> it's, a, it's a mailbag running joke. It started out with Han Solo and then Han Duo of the Millennium something. Just Anyway, they ask, what are the RVB characters' Halloween costumes this year? <laughs> oh, let's see. Okay. What was uh hey what was the name of Samuel Jackson's character from um Pulp Fiction or no 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 no, no. sorry wait 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 hold on hold on hold on wait hold on oh that's right I'm trying to I'm trying to I was trying to say the joke and then it didn't work um, was it, was it Marcellus does does somebody's um, Halloween costume look like a bitch <laughs> um <laughs> let's see again. Tucker's going to go as. Mr. Orange from Reservoir Dogs. Um, <laughs> Felix is going to be a trash can and Luke's will be an Xbox. <laughs> so they're going as themselves. Yep. Uh, yes, exactly. Uh, precisely. <laughs> oh, and I think Caboose is most excited. He's going as a space marine. Oh, <laughs> you know, I was writing down some um, to riff off, and I also put that Caboose would be going as a sister. <laughs> <laughs> I just always thought it would be fun. <laughs> would be his... I, just, I just had the horrible, well, not the horrible mental image, but Chairman Hargrove as the boogeyman from Nightmare Before Christmas, and <laughs> the director as Santa Claus, and they're reenacting the whole, well, 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 what can we have over here? <laughs> The director of Project Freelancer. Oh, I'm really scared. And, and by that logic, uh, Sharkface, Locus, and Felix would be the... I forget their names. The, the, the Lock, three stock, little uh, I think. I think also it's worth noting that Donut will be going as a sexy space marine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Donut, you don't need to change anything about yourself. I mean, I feel like you just get rid of the gel layer and a couple of the pieces of armor and it's already there. There you go, yeah. You just got to trim away some stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a... Church is going as a ghost. <laughs> this time an actual ghost. He was going to go as a synagogue, but that costume was too hard. <laughs> oh, I'm so... 
just puts on gray and yellow armor. And when somebody goes, why are you dressed up as Wash? It's like, I'm David. Get it? Because I'm Jewish. (laughs) (laughs) As the resident Jew, I approve this message. (laughs) I think there was another episode where we were talking about, like, the AI church was actually a vehicle. And I I made some joke about, like, the the person driving that would be called the Pontius Pilate. And I'm so pissed off that that (laughs) didn't make it in. No! I was um, so sad. Yep, not this time oh, either. No, no, no. Um, other, other ones that I was thinking, um, are you familiar with the Voltron animated series? <sighs> I am not. <laughs> the original. Oh, um, so there's a character there who reminds me a lot of Wash. Shiro. Uh, and- oh, Shiro. Oh, is that the guy that everyone refers to as Space Dad? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Space, okay. Space Dad. Perpetually tired, very worried. Um, <laughs> Sounds like Traumatized. It's very Wash. He PTSD, like straight up. Very Wash. Wash would totally like try to coordinate all of Blue Team to be Voltron. Like, to be like, all right, Caboose, and you'll be the leg. <laughs> the and it would go about oh, as well okay. as it does the first time they try and form Voltron in yep. the series. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Like, watch what are you gonna do? Yeah. I'll form the head. <laughs> so which which one of the reds and blues uh would be the one who drew the short straw and had to stay home giving out candy? Oh, Griff, because once everybody leaves he can eat all the candy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, I drew the short straw. Oh, darn. darn. Actually, Griff, my straws are shut up, Simmons. I drew the short straw. <laughs> darn. Didn't take it would literally be he goes and he pulls the straw out and then he's like, looks at it, it's like, oh, fuck. Just rips it and bites off. it. And just, oh, darn. Short straw. Oh no, my straw. Time to eat fun sized candies without taking off the wrappers. <laughs> That's what makes them fun. So this question comes in from Vic Jr.'s great-great-great-great-great-great-grandpa, Vic, and they ask, were there any other considerations for the narrator of this season beyond Vic? I think I always imagined it being Vic, mainly just because before, like, almost anything else, I imagined the teaser trailer for this, and I just love the line, space, it's like, really, really, really big, dude. And I was just like, fuck yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, so I always had Vic in mind from the start, but like I had said earlier, at one point I considered there being a reveal that, like, Vic was talking to someone the whole time, or, or something like that. But in the end, uh, just leaving it Vic meant that it could be fun, provide context, and didn't restrict any of our collaborators. Okay. Nice. The hardest thing was getting Bernie back into the Vic voice. Like for like, <laughs> it was really hard finding it again because he pointed out it had been, you know, literal years since he'd done it, and it yeah. was hard. It, at first, it was like a little too southern, and then we tried to cool it off. It was really weird. I'd also never written for him before, so that was hard. It's also like, very Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> you made that joke at the beginning of the series. Me. So yeah, but uh, but yeah, I love love me some Vic. The question comes from Robert Head, or as he was called in grade school, Head Bob. (laughs) In your head, what kind of person is Megan Wu, and what are she and Cyrus like together? I've always imagined Megan as a very supportive wife. You know, she has a husband that came back from a war, had suffered some very serious injuries, you know, lost a limb. So incredibly supportive and a very, very strong woman. I think that they're very happy together and there's a lot going on with Megan Wu in my head. And if the Mercs were to get their own side series, I would imagine her being a relatively large supporting character. Her relationship with Cyrus, I think, is really, really important in regards to 
how he acts and why he does what he does. And in my head, I fucking, I fucking love Megan Wu. We all love her too. We do. Throughout the season, <laughs> uh, since since it was more compartmentalized stories, um, we ended up having like a lot of we we have called this the the season of AU's. And like during Mercs, um, we we were constantly dinner with talk- the <laughs> we were constantly talking <laughs> yes. about like times that that Felix and Locus had to come over because because they like- wouldn't feed themselves. Yeah, yeah. So we we had this idea of Felix and Locus living together in a crappy apartment with milk crate furniture, eating mostly cup noodles, um, and then. Um, you know, Megan finds out that neither of them has eaten a vegetable in three weeks and invites them over for dinner. And they don't know what to do with healthy food, basically. I, uh, so I would imagine that Cyrus would want to keep Locus and Felix as far away from Megan as possible. <laughs> Just because they work together doesn't mean they have to like each other. And I, 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 in my head, he, he doesn't like them being around his personal life. <laughs> so the person who asked this question i talked to her her name is uyasu and her big question that i don't think you can answer was actually do they have kids at the time of the three episodes in season 14 they do not have kids okay cool in my head in my head currently <laughs> yeah, that is yeah, that yeah. is how i like, would answer that question I it that way i was like i don't want to make anything canon just in case this comes back. Like, I don't want to get you in trouble. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be how I feel about it at the time of those three episodes. No babies. No babies. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think if Cyrus would probably be just, like, a little bit worried, more worried about going out in the middle of the night to do stuff if there were little ones at home, probably. Yeah. Like, oh, like, no, Megan wants me to stay up baby. with the baby tonight. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Or just like suddenly he gets a call going like my wife's in labor oh shit <laughs> <laughs> right in the That's middle the like assignment. like as as Lozano is pulling up in front of the demolition base <laughs> welcome like... back to the series of AUs <laughs> <laughs> the twins are coming <laughs> <laughs> that's their next mission after they've done that <laughs> they're driving Megan to hospital <laughs> In in the stolen limo. Yes, in the stolen limo. <laughs> okay, okay. Oh no. Okay. Okay, this question comes from CC Sharp, and it's how did you approach directing the different musicians of the season? I actually didn't have a ton of musical directing this season as I had in the past. Most direction came from Josh and Kyle on the majority of the episodes. So the musicians I worked with were David Levy, obviously, for the Mercs trilogy. I also worked with him on Caboose's Guide to Making Friends. And then I worked with Nico, obviously, on the musical and spent a weekend up in Seattle writing that together with him. Mm -hmm. And that was pretty much it. So it was all folks that I'd worked with before. Yeah. 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 So you've written some songs for various RT productions before. Like, you wrote the Cam Cam theme song and things like that. Was it different, like, writing a musical episode of Red vs. Blue, given that like as wonderful as a lot of the voice actors are not a lot of them are very trained singers so what was interesting about the rvb musical was two things one i cannot read or write music i'm Mm. trying to teach myself keyboard but i haven't to be honest touched it in like six months just because like i lack willpower and i have a short attention span (laughs) but um i'm i very much enjoy music you directed an entire 
season of Red versus Blue <sighs> and no willpower. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I lack patience, I guess. Mm. So I really enjoy music. I love, love, love music. <laughs> and I love, like, when I was younger, I would do Weird Al songs. Like, I would take songs and then, like, replace the lyrics to them. Yes. So the music the musical was great. Yes. I essentially asked Nico, I was like, yo, dude. And he and I worked on very, very closely on that. Like, I was kind of expecting him to essentially just give me a melody and then I would find the right words to it. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of times, mm-hmm. like, that's just how I work. As long as I have the melody and I'm given the rules, then it becomes a word puzzle of, okay, what? word has the right syllable and rhymes Um, and I really like that and it was a little bit of back and forth it was you know I would hum a melody and then he would do an alteration of the melody and then we would say yes that's the melody and then we would da di da di da di da okay so (laughs) these are the words that we'll use and yes that was a really 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 fun process and he was the one that came up with the idea for Red's getting rockets rocket launches without rockets and I just remember being like that's (laughs) fucking perfect that is so fucking perfect then I really wanted to do a song that was all about church whining. And then he really wanted to do Plan D. So it was incredibly fun to write. But then getting the people to perform was hard because like I said, like they're not trained singers. I'm not a trained Mm. singer. So what it came down to was I sang every single song in that musical. And there are temp versions of those songs with me doing every single part. And I sent those to all of our performers and asked them to listen to it as much as possible before they came in to record. And then then we just kind of took it piece by piece. And according to Nico, uh, I don't like saying this because I, I think the, the phrase sounds really pretentious, but apparently I have perfect pitch. So I can be in a recording and I can know when they're off, like just by listening mm. to them. So I would just mm-hmm. be like, do it like this. Okay, no, again, this needs to be higher. Nope, that needs to be lower. Do it like this. No, you're down here, here. And uh, really all, all the way to the point where Bernie uh, Leonard's Lament, he and I actually sang that together. He asked me to sing with him while he was recording in the booth and I was in the director's booth next to him so Aww. he could just hear me. So, And that was, that really fucked me up because I was getting sick. And then after that recording, I couldn't talk and had to go home. Um, I just like powered through it. But it was so so, 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 so much fun. I was really nervous, I'll admit, because Gus, Bert, like all of them kept saying, we can't sing. So I was like, ah, we'll make it work. And I think everybody did a great job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was really impressive. Also, you could, um, you could tell how much Nico loves that you have perfect pitch because he says it every time anybody talks about you in yeah. music. Several of us have gone to the Red versus Blue music panels that Nico has been on. He's just always like, Miles, Miles has such a gift. <laughs> like, I feel like I need to actually learn to read and write music because yeah. so I can Stop just directing people with acapella. <laughs> I just don't like the phrase. It sounds douchey and pretentious. I have perfect pitch. Uh-huh. I think that the the music production in this season was really, really good. Yeah, I mean, David and Nico are, are just they're legends, man. They're so great. It was so good. The music in Merce just... Uh, it was a lot of fun. Music in Merce. I... Uh, I... <laughs> The music in Mercs was incredibly important to me because I wanted to just make something that put style before a lot of other stuff. Like, obviously, I wanted Mm -hmm. to have a good story and whatnot, but I wanted to make something that was visually really stimulating and, and like, audibly fun and cool. So I I got really, like, the music and the color of Mercs. I've never been more micromanagey about stuff like that. And I have rules and ideas behind like music, like, you know, the bad guys are always associated with the very EDM dance mm-hmm. club electro mm-hmm. stuff. Whereas mm-hmm. the three mercenaries are associated more with like a My- small band with horns and yeah. nice drum set and stuff. Yeah. So when we're, when we're on the bad guys territory <laughs> in club, the, the jazzy swingy stuff is accompanied by the EDM stuff. But when we're on the Merc's turf, it's like all full on blaring, blaring brass and, and whatnot. Yes. Uh, and I had, so I, I had our animators 
uh, as well as uh, David, you know, listen to a lot of. I, I essentially created a, a playlist on Spotify called the Lozano Job that had a mix of a bunch of stuff. It had, um, like, obviously there was Caravan Palace in there. There was a lot of heavy, a lot of Portugal the Man's uh, Evil Friends, which is like yeah. my favorite album by them. And then a few other things too. There was a oh oh um, my type by I think it's Saint Mo Saint Motel Saint Hotel or something like that. So yeah, like lots of like listen to this. These are the things I like about this. <laughs> the the club fight dance music video thing was one of the most complicated so things cool. that we've oh, ever had gosh. to work on. Like it, it was so hard to do. So <laughs> oh man, just seeing that at the RVB panel at RTX. Like I just rode the high from that all the way through. Through the weekend, I was just like, ah. Yeah, we, we, we constantly referred to that fight as the iPod fight. Um, <laughs> from the old iPod commercials. We called it the iPod fight. That was, yeah. That yeah. was really clever. Thank you. So Chris Kokinos <laughs> and uh, Alina, I'm blinging on her last name. There are, uh, they, they are that those two guys are essentially our sound department. And Alina, she actually had a background in um, musical sound design. Um, because like you, oh, every every single sound effect that happens in that fight is on a beat and in the correct pitch. And on the beat, um, yeah. So yeah. Or, or harmonizing with the current note. Yeah. And yeah, she meticulously went through that. And it was like there was a point where we were going, "Are there even sound effects in this? Is it just music? Okay, if there are sound effects, okay, do we have efforts?" And it was a really complicated process. And yeah. the compositing team were heroes on Mercs. So much of what was done, like that. you'll notice, uh, the Mercs episode served as a ton of research and development for Ruby Four, actually, like mm. test. Testing out new lighting systems, mm -hmm. how to do hard line layers, and you'll notice yeah. it's not perfect. There's lots of shots in Mercs where the line layer is jittery and like jumping around, and sometimes it's missing. And it was it was hard. It was definitely trial and error and figuring some stuff out. It was it was fun getting to spend more time working with the fine details as opposed to having like mm -hmm. amount of time to do 20 episodes. It was a certain amount of time to do three. So <laughs> you know. I was I was you always trying to be very life. conscious of like color and whatnot. Probably to the point where it's stupid, but I liked it. So like, it's you not know, stupid. It's good. The bad guys are affiliated with the color gold yep. or yellow. Yep. Felix is obviously with orange. So like Felix's, I think hero scene is in the parking lot. The parking lot is lit with orange lights. Yep. Locus's big hero or anti-hero scene is when he kills Lozano. That's the big moment when he kills Gabriel, and that room yep. is primarily green. green. And then Cyrus's yep. big hero moment is the quarry in the morning, and yep. everything's purple. Yeah, um, so, like, playing with things like that. Biggest strength was of Mercs was how well it, it used color theory in it. Like, it was, oh, it yeah. was so, so good. good. They were all, like, the secondary sort of, like, villainy mm -hmm. colors. You know, there's, like, the, the primary tr uh, three colors is, like, red, yellow, blue. And then you mix all those, you get orange, green, purple. Yeah, that was actually yeah. just a happy accident because uh, I had <laughs> yeah, orange yeah, and green and I was like, what's a good color that would go here? Oh, purple feels good. And then Patrick, our art, our art director, walked up to me and was like, you realize those are all the secondary, like, this is art theory shit. And I was like, oh, no, I didn't <laughs> yeah. realize that. I mean, they are secondary characters. I, lo I, love the, I love that, like, so much of this production is like you accidentally doing music theory, you accidentally doing art theory, and all of it just, like, working out so well. It's a very red versus blue way to work. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I've mm. never seen Lethal Weapon, and one of our yeah. producers, Sean, thought I made a reference to Lethal Weapon at the end of Consequences, when both Locus and Felix are holding each other, and we cut to them after they shot Lozano. Yeah. He's like, that's, uh -huh. that's a one-for-one -one recreation of the shot. I was like, oh, I've never seen that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only, like, straight-up super blatant reference is the C4 inside the conveyor belt. That's a super huge <laughs> shout-out to Cowboy Bebop, yeah, uh, yeah, the finale yeah. to that show, Someone which was obviously a huge inspiration yeah, for this. brought that up to me. It was, it was Neri or... Me, that was me. 
I uh, yep. edited the Cowboy Bebop theme onto the club fight scene yes. because I was like, does this actually match up? And it did. Oh, that's it funny. Was, it you. totally matched up. I thought this was on purpose. No. <laughs> this comes in from uh, Reginald Thunderstealer, <laughs> who asks, were there any ideas from season 14 which made you wish you'd thought of it first? The triplets. I thought the triplets was so obviously genius, and I couldn't believe that none of us had ever thought about that, taking that angle on Project Freelancer. I thought that was fucking brilliant. I also really enjoyed Barry and Brian's idea to do a bunch of colorblind red and blue soldiers. I thought that was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought those were, were brilliant, and just like, oh, how did no, how did we never think to do that? <laughs> Brian's a clever guy. He is. He's an ex exceptionally smart human being. <laughs> it's just the the sheer the sheer number of just various takes that people had um, on the Red versus Blue universe or Red versus Blue universe, as I have occasionally tried to call it. I keep trying to coin off. that phrase, and Matt won't pick up on it. I love Red versus oh! Blue universe. Thank you. Thank you for being there with me, Miles. It amazed me how many different takes people had on it. Um, over the course of the season. I really liked Brick Gulch. I thought that having oh, yeah. stop motion was really cute. I had never thought of, you know, having stop motion red versus blue before. It was one of the reasons we approached Joe was because Joe is known for a lot of his Lego stop motion pieces on YouTube that he's done like, mm -hmm. like he did uh, a parody oh, yeah. of The Wire all in stop motion in Lego. Oh, and Lego. And we'd worked with him before <laughs> on the Kittywood Studio short and we loved his stuff, found out he was just around the corner from our location oh, and wow. reached out to him and it, it could not have been a more serendipitous meeting like i said like he oh. nailed it like he was he was so yes. great i i lost my shit at <laughs> jen brown being the mom. Yeah. <laughs> and the kid being malcolm hargrove i'll never forget reading the script and when the mom says malcolm hargrove i just like threw the script down and was like fucking genius genius <laughs> i was so like because like I said, you know, there had been a lot of collaborators that we'd worked with that only really knew RVB from the first few seasons. So the fact that he was able to put in so many subtle references <laughs> yeah. to the entire uh -huh. series, I was just like, this dude cares, this dude gets it. I love this guy. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, Joe's great. Incredible. I think we here on the show know we're speculating. Um, you know, it was like, well, if that's Malcolm Hargrove, then where is Leonard Church? And we're like, they're stealing each other's toys. Yeah, Leonard Church is the big brother whose toys Malcolm is stealing. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep, yep. Our last question here, which comes in from <clears throat> Colonel Sarge. <laughs> Simmons, Simmons, I don't know. <laughs> Who asks, what makes red team better than blue team? I mean, the fact that they're red, the fact that they're not blue. Hey. Um, and uh, the fact that I think they won Blood Gulch. I'd give them the win of Blood Gulch. I mean, just, just saying. <laughs> They don't need freelancers to get through the day. <laughs> I'm just sitting here just like smiling and quietly breaking out in a rash because I'm blue team. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, no one can be perfect. <laughs> I, I'm purple team. That's what I consider myself because I can't decide. But secretly, deep down, I know I'm blue team because... Like, You're just pretending to be purple just... because you don't want conflict. You're like Doc. Yeah. As much as I love the Reds, though, I do have to say, I think Church won Jeremy's RVB throwdown. I do have to say, <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think Church won that one. <laughs> that was an interesting thing, too, because like when we weren't able to do the drunk episode, Bernie's drunk episode, oh. we were like, shit, we need another episode. And Jeremy was like, yo, I wrote this thing. We we're like, oh, my God. Yeah, perfect, yeah. perfect, 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 perfect. <laughs> oh, man.
What surprised me the most was when he was like, yeah, so can you and Gray rap? And I was like, excuse me, I'm sorry, what? Uh, I don't think so. Why? Uh, I thought this was Church versus Sarge. He was like, yeah, but I really like the Chorus Trilogy and I want to put Logos and Felix in. I was like, are you sure? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, cool, I hate you. (laughs) But uh, I think it turned out pretty cool. But yeah, that was a bit of a surprise. (laughs) Yeah, I remember that got shown at the RVD panel right after Club did. Uh, And when the Mercs came in, people just lost. (laughs) They were like, (laughs) complete with the hand flailing so my friend meredith of you know contact Mm -hmm. she was sitting next to somebody who was colorblind during that panel and everyone was freaking out and this person was going i don't get it oh Oh, with the tie reveal oh the oh that's too funny yeah the ties like they didn't see the tie colors because they're colorblind that was like my favorite that was that's really funny that was my that was my favorite (laughs) moment of the whole mercs trilogy it was just like and it was such uh, a pain in the ass. That shot, I think, had about 100 extras in it. And oh, man. it took, oh. I want to say it took two days to render that shot. So that was that was wild. But I kept telling Dustin, who was like one of the main guys working on that shot, I was like, this is the most important shot in this entire piece. Yeah. <laughs> this this has got it. We got to put in the time for it. <laughs> Patrick, not, not, not if I'm quoting you correctly, Patrick, but I believe you said it was instantly iconic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was the thing, because like revealing their faces... Normally in RVB, it's a big epic helmet reveal, but we didn't have that. Uh-huh. So the approach I wanted to take was showing the audience Locus and Felix from the very start, but you don't realize it until uh-huh. the colors kick uh-huh. in, and then hopefully yeah. it snapped. And it was, I was like, was I hope beautiful. this works. And then I, and then from crowd reaction, it worked. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, the slow oh, realization, and then all of a sudden, the lights was a really nice touch too. So yes. yeah. yeah, that was Brian, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, Brian worked on a lot of the shots in the dance floor oh, scene. Yeah. yeah, which was that was tough too. It was like making sure everything was on sync to the music. I essentially gave them a list and a click track of like this frame, this frame, this frame, this frame, this frame. So that was that was tough, and there were some like consistency things that we had to like massage and whatnot. It was tricky. That entire dance floor scene was almost entirely lit by comp, which isn't always a thing that happens. It's a fun season. Fun, difficult, so longest <laughs> so season amazing. ever, yeah. but very, very fun time. Since that was our last question, can I actually just ask one more? Yeah. At the beginning of season 14, you and Bernie said you didn't know what season 15 mm-hmm. was yet. You didn't know what you were doing. Yep. One word to answer. Do you know what season 15 is yet? Yeah. Yay! I think it's going to bring with it a bunch of surprises, a few things that are going to mix some things up, but I think in a very good way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, once we have more to share, hopefully people will yeah. be happy. I didn't want to ask details. No, no, no you're fine, you're fine. Yes no. But yeah, no, we, we've definitely got a plan for the immediate future of Red versus Blue. Excellent. We cannot wait to sit here in front of our microphones and just gush about how <laughs> yeah. Yay, thank you. Thank you so much for watching and, and supporting and, and being thank awesome. Thank you for coming to talk to us for 45 minutes more than you thought you were gonna <laughs> It's to all talk good, to no, us. yeah, you guys are great. <laughs> Oh, uh, it's it's been. This is our third year doing this now. I think so. Yeah. Because we've been doing this since it's 12, been. I think. It's been super nice. Thank you for continuing to give us some of your time. Yeah. Uh, letting us ask questions and I don't know, try to look funny and cool. <laughs> <laughs> Always. <laughs> so, what do you mean, try? Yeah. 
<laughs> oh shit, did we actually ask about when the soundtrack is coming oh, out? Oh, as for as for the RV14 soundtrack, I have no idea. <laughs> Yay! We are hoping just... we're hoping that there will be a soundtrack. There's a million things going on, not just in animation, yeah. but at Rooster Teeth right now. But there was a lot of cool music this season and a huge variety of music this season. We are trying for at least a digital release of a soundtrack. Yay. At some point, I hope, knock on wood, fingers crossed, it's something I would love to see. Hopefully it'll happen. Yeah, All right. yeah I, I was just, awesome. this one was like a, I want to play it in the game that I'm playing. <laughs> 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 this is, we'll just, fuck, I'm we'll, sending we'll, you a beta code later. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah if you, if you, we can just sit here and hum it for you too. Right? <laughs> yeah. No! Dun, 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 dun. I'll just, I'll just do like the, dun, like the caboose. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone got like a... Awesome. Well, I gotta get ready to run, but thank you so much for having me, guys. Right. Yeah. Thank you so um. much. Thanks go out to Daft Prodigy, Brain Zero, Zalia, Nereal, Blue, the ever-amazing Miles Luna, and all of those who submitted questions. Thank you also to our Patreon subscribers. Produced by Rain Zero, Nereal, Sam, Daft Prodigy, and Patrick. Visit the Shizno on Tumblr at shizno.tumblr.com S-H-I-Z-N-O dot Tumblr dot com The Shizno Hey Dimples! We found a valve office down here, and there's an elevator leading to the surface! We're finally getting out! You coming, buddy? Yes. Just give me a minute. I will be right behind you. That sounds really tropey, but okay.